Wow, good morning here this Thursday in Murray, Kentucky. This is the For Those Who Inquired podcast. I'm your host, Edward Marlowe, and I don't I don't think we're going to stop talking today, Neil. Because, but we have to. Yeah, we, at some point we have to stop. But you news, have to go watch soccer, mm-hmm. and w- you might see the goal scored. Well, so. I, I had a I had a plan to go be at soccer on right. time. And you're not going to make it. No, news continues to break at a very rapid pace. Yeah. In not only the first region world of sports, but also the uh, OVC sports world. Uh, we just had the football awards announced about five seconds before we hit the record button. And uh, good thing you and I had delayed there, drinking coffee, talking about the good old days. Mm-hmm. Uh, and since you and I last recorded, Murray State football has played a game against JSU for a de facto championship. Murray State men's basketball has picked up two big-time recruits. Murray State women's basketball has picked up a big-time local recruit. What? And, of course, now we have women's soccer awards and the women's soccer tournament here in Murray commencing this Thursday afternoon and Saturday afternoon as well. And then that's not all. That's not all. Yeah, that's just the big time stuff that's happened just in the last six days. Was I not listening? Did you mention the Murray the uh, football awards already? Yeah, that's what I was going to say. The yeah. Murray State football, like the OVC football awards, have come out just in the last yeah. five seconds before uh, we hit record. Amazing, it's amazing stuff. Yeah, you love to see it. And that that way, the good news. There's so much to talk about. We will not have to talk about the Cardinals or the Reds. We just will not have time to do that today. This time, yeah, well, you don't want to talk about the Reds right now anyways because they're playing well, and you don't want to talk about the Cardinals right now because they're not playing well. Yachty played his 2,000th game. I was going to mention it, actually. Yeah, Yachty did play his 2,000th game, and it's amazing, and he's a Hall of Fame catcher. I don't want to talk about anything else. You and I talked about that last summer. It's it's other season stuff now. He is... Neil, there's there's like 150 baseball games left. So much can happen. Yeah, I know. Um... Let's get right into it. First and Let's do it. first and foremost, Murray State football, I thought played a whale of a game against Jacksonville State. They did. Couldn't I run the ball though. Could not run the ball. JSU ranked 10th in the country, and deservedly so, came away with a 28 to 14 victory against 17th ranked Murray State. Murray State closed its regular season ranked 20th. Now kind of in that conversation of do we make the playoffs, do we not? I think in any other year if you'd had a 24 team, yes, they're in. You're in. I just don't know. They're not. I really don't think so. I know that the university, I know that the athletic department is holding out hope. Um, the metrics say otherwise, but it's a crazy year. Who knows? I will be paying attention to the selection show on Sunday. But how, how did we get here in the first place? Well, Murray State football was only able to generate 26 rushing yards against JSU. Now, to be completely fair, the Gamecocks do have the best rush defense in the league. That's the reason they couldn't run it. Not because they weren't good. Yeah. They were against a defense that's really, really good. There were two specific rushes. Uh, Preston Rice had a late 15-yard rush that I thought extended a drive, obviously, to keep their scoring hopes in play late in the fourth quarter. And then there was a 22-yard gain by DeMonte Weatherspoon that the Racers did not get a chance to score on that drive. That's 37 yards between two plays, and the Racers finished with 26. Yeah. That's what we're trying to tell you here. They had the, three sacks. Yeah, the line of scrimmage was unbelievable from JSU. Before the game, the Racer offensive line had given up three sacks all season. Mm-hmm. So Jacksonville State was great. I, I still think the Racers, to win the game, if we played them ten times, probably going to need a little help from Jacksonville State with a turnover or two. Yeah. If you get that and can capitalize, 
get a chance to win. But they're a really good team. Didn't accidentally win nine games. Uh, what really angers me when I have a team that is of a championship caliber is if you lose to an inferior team, that didn't happen here. No, it didn't. Racers are good. They made tremendous progress. But right now, Jacksonville State's just a little bit better. But they, they know the bar. I know Jacksonville State's leaving. But if they can get to that point, the Jacksonville State bar, they'll be winning OBZ championships regularly and playing for uh, national championships uh, and winning games in the, the playoffs. A couple of big things that actually happened for JSU that I thought really kind of took the wind out of the sails of the Racers. Number one, they started the game six for nine from third down conversion. Uh, the best three point, or the best three point. Well, we'll get to basketball in a little bit. The best third down conversion team in the OVC. They converted almost forty nine percent from third down. That's when you have a coin flip on third down. That's good. Yeah, you're, you're a really really good football team. They ran the ball to the number one rushing attack in the OVC. They were number one in a lot of things, and you and I talked a lot about that last week, Neil. But forty four carries, team carries, two hundred five yards. I thought Zion Webb was absolutely terrific. Uh, and and Zarek Cooper, there the Clemson transfer who played all fall, actually got injured in their fourth game. I talked to JSU's beat reporter for a while uh, about why Zion Webb. Of course, we remember in 2019 Zion Webb actually played against the Racers right. in that epic rainstorm in uh, Gadsden in Jacksonville, and that was a what a game. Um, Zayden, I believe Zayden Weber had a had a field goal to to win it. And it was a long drive in the rain that yeah. you just couldn't get. But, Little wind and rain, too. But Zion Webb was good in that game, so I'd seen him before. But the difference, I thought, in this game, we can talk about the running, we can talk about the third down conversions. I thought Preston Rice was really, really efficient. His wide receivers, he was 27-47, 347 yards passing. When the rushing attack couldn't get it done, the passing attack did to keep that game close. But Trey Berry... Of yeah. all four, uh, JSU scores four touchdowns. They go four for four in the red zone. He had three massive catches to lead those drives. And when you have a six-seven tight end that can run like he does, I'm not saying he's the next Travis Kelsey. I don't know that he's got that speed or that type of hands. But when you're six-seven and you can move like he did, I just don't think the Racers really had a defensive answer for a guy like him. Yeah, he he's a. Uh, sometimes you 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 think. That guy might play at the next level. He will play at the next level. I mean, he will. I, yeah, he will, he will play at the next level. I mean, level. He's, he's, he's that good. And showed it the other day. He hadn't had a touchdown all season. Right. But uh, he had had catches and did have yards. But, uh, man, he was he was really good. Uh, Racer just didn't have anyone who could match up for him in that game. He had a terrific game. So, speaking of all these things, we've actually, again, the, the OVC has released its, its players – of the year, okay. I'm bring all this year. Up super well, uh, that's what I'm. Tr- I got to get to that. Oh, really, okay. really, really quick. <laughs> but that's that. no, you're good. That's that's what. So the OVC has announced all of its man. They've dropped 15 tweets all in a row here. Um, so your OVC offensive player of the year is wide receiver D'Angelo Wilson from Austin P. Uh, in five spring games, he had 37 catches for 562 yards, three touchdowns, back to back 10 reception games to end the season. Your defensive player of the year, the Racers just dealt with this young man in, in uh, Nicario Harper, safety from JSU. He keyed OVC's top-ranked defense, tallied 50 tackles, two interceptions in seven spring games. Uh, then your co-freshman of the year, actually, are uh, uh, running back Devon Starling, uh, which was the transfer from Memphis to Tennessee State. So uh, that's a it's a good, good, for, good get for a new head coach, Eddie George. Yeah. 
uh, which, wow. No uh, issue with that. He, he is good. Yeah. He's the racers. He's, yeah, he, he was really good. And th- the crazy thing is he's got a running back for a head coach now uh, in Eddie George. I, I, just a slight side note there. I'm not, I, I know Rod Reed. More reading that I get to do about all that. R- apparently Rod Reed was able to tell his team the night before the news broke that, okay. that well, he was out of there. a little better. It's a little better. I still don't like the fact that there was no announcement of Rod Reed's departure publicly yeah. before the Eddie George news came out. And he, I, he whoever deserved better le- than that. He deserved better than that. Uh, and I don't mind stating that publicly. I, I re- I've already stated it. So your other co-freshman, Draylon Ellis, uh, the quarterback for Austin P. Uh, so that makes complete sense. Ellis yeah, finished with really uh, good too. yeah more than 1,200 yards passing, 14 TDs, rushed for two touchdowns. So... A uh, really, really strong year. Oh, who's the coach of the year, though? I coach wonder. of the year. Hmm. Yeah, no surprise. Dean Hood. What? Welcome <laughs> back to the OVC. Guided the Racers to a 5-2 and two mark. This is from the Ohio Valley Conference. First national ranking since 2011. He is only the second OVC coach to win this award ever at two different schools. How about it? That's awesome. And I'm sure Matt McMahon's going like, what if we had a Murray State guy win Coach of the Year? Are <laughs> you kidding so me? True. That's amazing. What does it take to win Coach of the Year? All right. Well, he, he congratulations to Coach Hood. Yeah. All, all kidding aside. Yeah, it's, awesome. it's unbelievable. First, and, and he did a great job. Yeah. I mean, and, and again, the Racers are still holding out hope for the playoffs. You and I will probably talk about this next week, no matter what happens. Uh, the Sunday selection show, uh, they've, there are already some at-large bids that look like they're locked up. Uh, there are already some automatic bids that are locked up. The OVC will have Jacksonville State as its de facto champion in the OV, excuse me, in the FCS playoffs. Uh, but from that point forward, I'd say probably two or three spots maybe are up for grabs. It'll be really tough for the racers to get in there. I think. Yeah. Um, but we can talk about that more next week. First team offense, really quick. Uh, Murray State's Levi Nessler, Jacob Vance on the offensive line, Lamartez Brooks at wideout. And then it just gets better from there. First team defense, bringing this up live. Eric Samuda at linebacker. Um, uh, Marcus Floyd at defensive back. And Scotty Humpick at linebacker. And then second team, oh, first team specialist, Malik Honeycutt. No surprise there. Of course, Antonio Zita, kicker. Uh, from Tennessee State, and then you go to second-team offense, DeMonte Weatherspoon, uh, freshman running back, Preston Rice, quarterback, Jacob Bell, wide receiver. So that's big. And then you go to second-team defense, and Alec Long made uh, second-team defense. Ethan Edmondson made second-team defense. And that's your guys. And Isaiah Reed. And Isaiah Reed. Yeah, I'm glad you mentioned that. And Isaiah Reed, yeah. Yeah, that's a lot of guys. And the newcomer team, DeMonte and Ethan Edmondson are on there, too. Yeah, as freshmen. Uh, and, and Ethan's a transfer. Yeah. He's a, I believe he's a Southern Miss. Yep. I think so. Mm-hmm. New, welcome to the league. I love the. I'm going to go ahead and go on this diatribe slightly. I love newcomer teams because the OVC is a transfer league, either JUCO or redshirt freshmen, sophomore type situation. Uh, a lot of times uh, a newcomer does make an, an instant impact. In the OVC, I would love to see women's basketball and men's basketball bring an all newcomer team. Me too. I would like that because especially would, they announce newcomers of the week, and then yeah, we're not going to do that. We're not going to do a newcomer team. I like the idea of a newcomer team because a lot of times your newcomers would be a third team all OVC, an all conference third team, because nine times out of ten your newcomers don't come in and immediately put up like your first team numbers. 
They're, they're getting used to the league. They're getting used to, but they're still good. They're contributors. Make a newcomer team, OVC, if you listen to this podcast. You probably don't. But, but I, th- the OVC, I'm sure, p- people always think it's probably Beth up there announcing the edicts. Mm-hmm. It's up to them to do whatever they want. They've decided not to do it. I think it's it's the ADs, I guess, that make that decision. Yeah. So they don't want to do it. They don't want to do it. They usually act on the recommendations of the coaches and uh, go from there. Yeah. So, yeah, it's it's it, it, I agree. It, it is kind of interesting uh, about that about that because I don't know why they haven't decided. Now I need now I need to go ask somebody. Like, why are we not doing an, an all newcomer team? Again, I, I I don't know. I just know they don't. It's sad. Well, speaking of basketball, we actually have a lot of basketball news. Dun, dun, dun. Um, I, I hate to push football to the side so quickly because, like I said, it, what a season. Uh, and like and, and like I said, I think Sunday some people are going to be paying attention to some brackets. I'd say some noted individuals will be clued into the selection show uh, to see if the racers do have. They are still in some conversations about hosting a playoff football game, but I don't know how serious those conversations well, are. The beauty of it, Ed, is here we are talking about Murray State and playoffs. And in the last few playoffs. years, it's like, yeah, that's it. <laughs> you got to win a game like, before you think in playoffs. I mean, and, and, for ne- and here we are for 2021. We have the schedule on already. We're excited for the 2021 season because we all feel this team, you have to realize you're subtracting Jacksonville State, Eastern Kentucky, got a shot at the playoffs next year too. Yeah, is Murray State going to Texas Tech next year? No. It's the year it's after. It's Bowling Green, Cincinnati next year. That's right. Bowling Green, Cincinnati, and then Texas Mississippi Tech. Mississippi Valley State is the opener of the fourth. Texas Tech is 2022. I believe that is correct. Lubbock. Yeah. Mm. It's for money. I mean, that's, you know. Oh, you love, to see, you love to see it. You love but, to see uh, it. And, that, see the Red and that also is the year. I mean, they've released the schedule already. You get the two non-conference conference games uh, against Eastern Illinois and Southeast Missouri that yep. the racers have. So, uh, uh it's just the best schedule you could possibly have, considering the circumstances. When you lose two members in football like that, it's tough to replace them with quality opponents during the season. You don't want to honestly don't want to go get Podunk U from Division Four. You don't, and go beat them ninety-seven to two. And Mississippi Valley State, I don't think it's going to be a bad home game. No, no, that's that's. I mean, that's you know, that's an FCS opponent. That's fine. That's not who you're probably going to get in those weeks. If you uh, replace them, you're going to get the replacement D- Division Three games. Or like, you'll play us twenty thousand again. I mean, I'll look them up there. We'll rearrange our schedule to do that. And you don't have to do that now. No. Everybody kind of gets uh, gets a game, and I'm sure by the next football season, we'll probably have some things lined up. Uh, but I've, I give WC credit; they've been tight on the uh, membership committee. Oh, it is they, tight. They are tight. They got nothing that's gotten out. I have heard rumor. Simply rumor that more meetings will be commencing. Secret super double probationary meetings will be commencing in May and June. But other than that, that that doesn't even surprise me. Did That's, Beth never call us back? No, nah, she never we called. Had it, we had it worked out. Uh, Ohio Valley Conference also did not DM me back hmm. our plan oh. I, I, about our plan. I thought it was a terrific. I plan did too. Against maybe they're going to announce it. They're probably calling us down there to. We're going to give Ed and Neil credit for solving our problem. Maybe they're mailing us a letter. Maybe. And they're probably trying to negotiate their way out of the contract with the, that search firm they had. Now they don't have to pay them. I did, you, Bring I us mean, down there for what? We'd take, what, some hot chicken? I'd take some, yeah, I'll take some Nashville hot chicken. There you go. Give I, me some hot I chicken and take, we're in. I would take 3% of that search committee. 
price. Three percent. Just give me like a thousand bucks. I don't need one hundred fifty thousand. Just give me, just give me like. I just take the hot chicken, Nashville hot chicken. <laughs> yeah, it'd be fine. <laughs> <laughs> or let's go to Demas and uh, let me have some Cajun chicken pasta. Mm, I'd be all right with that. That sounds good too. Mm, that sounds real good. Uh, you know what else sounds really good? What well, does sound good? Murray State men's basketball and women's basketball recruiting over the last seventy-two to ninety-six hours. Uh, has Tell me la- about the men. What have we got? What's yeah, coming has, in? has landed some some big time stuff here. So Murray State men's basketball. Since you and I last spoke, uh, there's two scholarships remaining. South Carolina's Trey Hannibal, uh, sophomore guard, uh, was considered a top 150 recruit coming out of the class of 2019. I do believe he'll have three years of eligibility yeah. pending the COVID rule and and the COVID year and things like that. This past season. In 20 games with South Carolina, he averaged 6 points, 3.2 rebounds, 2.0 assists. Assist-to-turnover ratio was a little little, little iffy at times. I think it was 1-to-1 for the most part, but defensively is what they're looking at with with Trey Hannibal. This is a guy that that, that just lived in passing lanes, quite frankly, and a really good free-throw shooter, strong free-throw shooter, uh, played some smart, smart basketball, I believe scored double-digit points in five, six games this past year. Uh, a couple tough games. You know, I think he had a tough game against Kentucky. Uh, but he had a decent game against Missouri, decent game against uh, Vanderbilt, uh, decent game against Georgia. So What know, I like here, Ed, he's is good. you can not have Tevin Brown having to guard the team's best player night in, night out for 40 minutes. Yeah. When you bring in better defenders – they don't have to be better, you know. Tevin may still be the best, but come on, let's maybe take a little pressure off him. If you can put someone else on him that can knock him down, and suddenly Tevin doesn't have to worry as much about stopping the team's best player right. on most nights. Uh, I think that would be a huge benefit for Tevin. He had a, had a really good year last year. I know his his uh, his shooting stats slipped some, but not his defensive stats, not his rebounding, not his assist to turnover ratio. He had improvement in virtually every other area. Uh, I look for him to bounce back massively and be a big benefit from this move. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and, and again, I, you take a look at just talking about his commitment and and signing Trey Hannibal. Again, this is a guy that was top 150, played against Chico Carter. I know a lot of people. The one thing that I want to say right now, just quit with that whole trade talk. You know, I've already seen it. Like the, oh, uh, we traded. Uh, we tra- we traded uh Trey Hannibal for for Chico Carter. Come on now. Well, it is cute to say. You it's, gotta admit, you that. can say it one time. Is that it? And that's then it? that's it. That's all you're allowed to say it. I just it's cute, I guess. But you just said it. I don't. I know because I've seen it by more than one person, and I find it freaking annoying. Like it's just it's terrible. Like I've seen it on Facebook. I've I would have said on it Twitter. more if I'd known it was annoying. Oh well. Damn. It makes me want to take like daggers and put them in both of my eyes so that I never see it again. Like it's just like, like it just from a situational standpoint, sure, I'm sure that it, they will forever be linked because the two did play against each other in AAU in high school. The two know each other, and they're both out of the same class. Mm-hmm. Um, they're both from South Carolina. I, I get it, but it's just, oh man, it's just so annoying and so frustrating to like hear people say, "Well, we're just trading. He better be better than Chico." Like that's not. That's not what this is about. Like, Trey wanted to find a new opportunity. Chico wanted to find a new opportunity. I I mean, ask Chico. I'm almost certain he wanted to get closer to home, and he wanted to get closer to a bigger city. 
that's what I've been told by more than one source that you know it. This had nothing to do with oh, like it's just hey, I I want to I want to get home. I want to get to a bigger city. I want to play closer to my family. Like that's that's life. It's what Demon Robinson did. Demon Robinson wanted to get closer to family, play closer with his family. Kennesaw State is three hours closer to his hometown uh, in Birmingham, Alabama. So it's just. It is what it is. That's life. That's recruiting. That's college basketball. And it's like I've told a lot of people, that's what college basketball is going to be about from this point forward, especially with the new rule that's probably about to get passed with the one-year free transfer. Um, furthermore, and I've had a couple of listeners bring this up to me, and I think it's a great point. And David Moss brought this to my attention. College basketball this year especially, this is the year to transfer. If you want the free pass, mm-hmm. if you want the escape route of all years, prior or even in the future, this is the year to say, I want, I'm ready for the hard reset. This is where I'm going to go, and this is what I'm doing. This is my get-out-of-jail-free card. Um, two teams out of the 350-plus men's basketball programs, two teams have nine transfers right now, and it's Minnesota and DePaul. I mean, to, so so there there are more than twelve hundred names in the transfer portal right now. Now some of those have already committed, you know, obviously three of them to Murray State University at this point. But that's you do the math on that. That's like ninety new men's Division One basketball programs, like twelve hundred and fifty transfers divided by fourteen scholarships is ninety Division One basketball programs. Tennessee State also has nine transfers. Oh, so that's that's nine actually in the portal. so now that's them. And then UT Martin had more. Than that at that at one point. I, that I don't know. It's close. They had a lot though. They had eight or nine. It was almost the whole roster. When you have seventy percent of your roster hit the transfer portal, that's a real exodus, yeah. in my opinion. Like that's part of it. And changing uh, coaches will do that. Uh, changing schemes, changing regimen, changing beliefs. That is going to change the transfer portal. And you have more graduate transfers than ever in the transfer portal this year that are looking for that fifth year of eligibility or more elsewhere. So when Murray State had five hit the portal, I just didn't think it was that big of a deal. I mean, so there are so many other programs across the country that are dealing with more upheaval than just five guys literally in Tennessee a Tennessee State, though, their guys are leaving from a 4-19 and 19 program. Right. So they're probably not crying too much. Well, and, and, and to be fair, Penny Collins is kind of doing the same thing, doing his hard reset, going yeah. and getting new guys. Oh, yeah. yeah, They've gotten two or three big-time recruits. Yeah, they have. Uh, Got a Georgia guy this week. Uh-huh. Yeah, absolutely. So we talk about these things surrounding Trey Hannibal. From a positive standpoint, I see a defender. I see somebody who's going to make free throws. I see somebody that's going to help crack the rotation and mm-hmm. fight for minutes. That's going to be a guy, um, you know, that can shoot the ball and defend. Two things that are pretty important uh, in the OVC and pretty much all of college basketball. But that's not all. No, because Murray State also landed uh, former Missouri State tight end and Lee Summit Missouri native, 6'8", 240-pound forward, Elijah Farr. Spent his last two seasons after leaving Missouri State football playing for only Central in the GRAC, the Great River Athletics Conference. Uh, that's Johnny Logan. That's Olney. That's Wren Lake. That's Lincoln Trail. That's a really good JUCO division. He averaged 16 points and 6 rebounds, a little bit more than that, uh, about 16-3, I think, and then 6-8 rebounds. Uh, on 48% shooting, 38% from 3 and 77% from the free throw line at 6'8". At that's a stretch four, Neil. Yeah, yeah that's, 
Those are some dynamite numbers right there. Well, he was co he was Region Twenty Four Co Player of the Year. I want you to think about who all was in. I mean, I've done a little bit of research on it. You have to think about who all was in his JUCO division, his region this past year. Johnny Logan was nationally ranked. Vincennes is always really good. Like, you know, Ren Lake, some of these teams, only Central. These are teams that typically win 10, 12 conference games a year. And, again, Johnny Logan, nationally ranked, they beat Johnny Logan twice. They went um, only went 14-7 and seven last year, and he played in 20 of the 21 games. He made, Neil, last year, you'll like this, he made a three-pointer in every game he attempted one. Wow. Last year. I, I saw some some footage of him, and I, uh, I would see him come to the top with the ball, and he it looked like every time it's like, you're not going to guard me, I'm going to jack a three right here. Because mm-hmm. if they wouldn't guard him, boom. Because he could make them. Yeah. I, I, I would bet... That didn't happen very often because eventually they're like, you got to get out and get on him. We can't give him that shot. He's going to make it. 38% from a big dude. Actually, 38% from a little dude's pretty good. But from a big guy, you put him in K.J. Williams, that's that's some sweating uh, when you're trying to figure out how to uh, take care of a big dude. One thing that I'm actually starting to notice more than anything in, in this recruiting class, at least with the first three guys the racers have gotten, and you've got two, again, reminder, two scholarships remaining, Defense. Yeah. That seemed defense. to be the number one thing. Number one thing is defense. Number two, you're going to have five guys on the floor that I think can shoot 30% or better from three. And free throw shooting. Yeah. All of these guys can knock down free throws. So if you're going to foul them, all right, cool, we're going to the free throw line. You're going to leave us open when you stretch the floor? Fine, we're all going to pull up for three. Oh, you're going to try and beat us in transition? No, we're going to go win the defensive battle. I like all, I like everything I've seen so far. A lot. And again, I know they've got to get on the court and I know that they've got to come together from a from a chemical and a chemistry and a belief standpoint. But if we're looking at paper, I'm knocking on some wood here. You got to think that these principles that Matt McMahon and his staff have just been trying to instill over and over and over and over, got to keep believing in them. Mm-hmm. You know, and last year, the Racers, I think, were their own worst enemy. I think they just turnovers were a problem early. And then you fix that late shot clock selection. Late shot selection was a problem, and and then just second half defense. Stretch, yeah, stretches of poor defense, stretches of poor rebounding yeah. sometimes. Mm-hmm. Um, and those are things. Defense and rebounding should be rather consistent, right? Sometimes, sometimes you have nights you don't make shots. That's that's life in any basketball. Go watch NBA. Any basketball. You're going to see guys as like, man, I didn't have a good night. Yeah, just not making shots. Curry, occasionally you'll have a night when it's like, man, he's bricking everything. Right. Uh, doesn't last too long, but sometimes it happens. It's it, it just, if you play enough, you're going to have those days. But defense and rebounding, you should be able to do all the should time. should be able to, unless you're hurt or sick, that should be essentially the same at all times. Yeah, absolutely. Murray State women's basketball. Hey, before you say, I hear Rachel, uh, Rochelle's getting a new car. Yeah, is that is that true? Yeah, she is getting a new car. Oh, nice! What is it? It's a it's a it's a Marshall County Guard. What? Uh, what? <laughs> what? What? That's that's that, there's no such car named that. The Case and Connor. Oh, Case and Connor. Yeah. Yeah. That's it. Not a new car. Not a new car. <laughs> well, it's a new something. That's nice. Though. It is nice. It is very nice. So Marshall County's Case and Connor. Their point guard in Draffenville just committed to Murray State women's basketball this morning. How about that? Rochelle announced she had a new commitment yesterday. I retweeted it. wasn't 
thought nothing else of it. Yeah. This morning, Casey Connor announced that she's going to go play basketball. First things first, I actually thought she was going to play Division One softball because she's that good. She's also Marshall County shortstop. I thought that that was going to be her sport. Maybe after you have a state tournament like she did, <laughs> so. basketball suddenly became her. She sport. looked really good. I both. I'm sure that she loves both sports. I've never doubted that. But I just thought, with as good as she was at shortstop, that softball was going to be her ticket. Mm-hmm. Maybe not. And here's why. So at the state tournament, and we we can briefly address this. The Lady Marshals, who I believed had a chance to play for a state championship and even potentially win it. Did just that, Neil. They ran all the way. They beat Pikeville, Bethlehem, Henderson County, and then were within a single basket before losing forty-nine to forty-seven to Sacred Heart mm-hmm. and Donna Moore. Unbelievable run through the state tournament, and a big reason why they had that run. Case and Connor. Case and Connor shot 48.8%. She made all tournament team, by the way. 48.8%, excuse me, 48.8% from the field. She averaged 3.8 rebounds, 4.3 assists at Rupp Arena, averaged 19 points per game. The thing I, and that I is, watched, that is so good. I watched some of the highlights of the earlier games and then watched the championship game. The thing I was really impressed with her is she plays through contact, can make shots after contact. Uh, really, really tough nose. Seemed to make really good decisions. Looks like a really good get, and uh, great to see Rochelle bring in another piece of local talent. And uh, I, I think she is getting another good one here for the season. Kaysen did lead Marshall County in scoring at 14 points per wow. game. Uh, as a guard, she hit 52.6 percent from the field. She also. I'm just getting all my numbers here live. She also hit 18 of 57 from three, 31.6%. You'd probably like for that to be a little bit better, but she is an absolute force they in, can the, work on in the paint. Yeah. Um, her free throw shooting, uh, she was 75%. That's good. 97 for 130. Uh, and this is, again, for the season. And then she also averaged 3.6 rebounds per game. So, And that's, again, as a point guard. Yeah. So, 75% at the line for a high school senior is really good. Yep. Man, yeah, it's, it really it's, is. It is absolutely really good. Uh, as a matter you of figure fact, that's going to get some better in, in college. You get into the 80s, it's good for almost everybody except for Macy Turley. For her, she would have to miss a bunch to get to the 80s. But, it's definitely true. But most humans, well, your, your 80% is really, really outstanding. I, I, I'm really glad you brought up Macy Turley because I've already had a couple of coaches text me about you know, what they like about Kaysen and, and what they think that she can bring to the next level uh, at Division One. I. I don't know if she immediately contributes right away, but the one thing that I'm extremely excited about is Macy Turley teaching Kaysen Connor. Yeah. That's the one thing to me. I, I think the one concern maybe about Kaysen's game is that she's maybe not as strong with her left hand as she is her right, but that's natural. Um what better person to teach her to get better with her left hand than Macy Turley? Those things can be addressed because I've seen younger players Those have are that minor. issue early, right? And then it goes away. And once it goes away, then teams can't attack it. You take that away from them. Yeah, those are minor concerns. Yeah, that's not a, not an issue at all. Uh, what what I like also about Kaysen is her work ethic. I mean, you don't be a you don't you're not a two sport star um, and not have some sort of work ethic. Uh, it's clear that she took. Uh, this past summer to get better at her basketball game. And 
I know she wasn't selected the Paducah Sun All-Purchase Player of the Year, but I think she just ignored that and went to the state tournament and played about as well as anybody there. Uh, maybe the best, actually, on a uh, – na- uh, I say national, but the national stage for KHSAA right. basketball, the biggest stage you can play. She absolutely delivered uh, at Rupp Arena. Uh, and I'm sure that probably played a factor uh, in yeah. Rochelle Turner – you know, taking a look at what she was able to do. Not only is Rupp Arena the right size for a college basketball court, but to do that in those pressure situations, uh, Kaysen was terrific. I know she'll probably be a little frustrated. We go to the championship game, you know, some late turnovers, you know, from Sacred Heart's magnificent press. What a game that was. Um, Tough way for that final play to end. Um, I have my thoughts on it. Uh, I thought it was a foul. I've been told it's not a foul. I've been told it is a foul, but it'll we'll we'll, we'll debate it for ages. Um, but what a terrific tournament performance for her and the Lady Marshals, oh, man. who now have a uh, they have a celebration. They have a local celebration uh, tomorrow, Friday Friday afternoon at two o'clock in Draftonville. So, uh, really exciting time for Case and Connor and her family. Really exciting time for Rochelle, who grabs another local talent, and a really exciting time for Lady Marshall basketball that seems to be. Uh, try to move forward from a tough loss and embrace what really was a special season uh, for Marshall County. Yeah, it was it was really terrific. Uh, we carried all the games live on uh, WNBS, and then, uh, as I said, I watched the championship game, and uh, it it was just terrific. It really was. I mean, bought the little TV package and watched it, so I, I was really happy with them. Uh, usually, I'm up there doing those. This year, some circumstances arose that uh, didn't afford me that opportunity, but. It was sure fun to watch, uh, and congratulations. Uh, I know right now, you know, probably on that bus ride back home, they're disappointed, but it's going to set in. It's like, we were the state runner-up. 25-3. and three. That's really good. You beat, you avenged an, uh, your opening season loss against Bethlehem to beat the Banshees to yeah. extend your season. That is a top-five Bethlehem team, and that's a Southwestern team that you lost to that nearly made it to the Elite Eight as well. Mm-hmm. Like, that's how good that Southwestern team was. So that's how good this Marshall County team was. I've actually had a couple people text me and ask me how this Marshall County team compares to the Murray Lady Tigers. You know, Maddie Waldrop, right. Macy Turley, Alexis Burpo, Lex Mays. And I'm going to tell you, I do think that this Marshall County team got a little bit more of a favorable draw to stick around because Murray had to play... Well, Mercer County one year. Yeah. Let's get the champ Both. right out of the gate. And then they had to play them in the Elite Eight the next time. Yeah, yeah. Um, I think what I like about those Murray Lady Tiger teams, it's hard to compare them. I'd love to just put them in a simulator and play them, see if they could, you know, how much fun that would be. Mm. I think, obviously, Murray probably has more Division One talent, uh, probably was better a little bit defensively. Uh, overall, but the one thing that this Lady Marshall team has that that those Murray teams didn't was three point shooting at all five positions. Hallie Lange hit two three pointers in the uh, tournament alone, and Hallie Lange made all tournament team. Lane P was absolutely terrific as a two guard. Uh, just a really nice job pick and pop. Uh, did a great job against Henderson County where she didn't even miss a shot. Uh, speaking of that, the Lady Marshals on their way to the state championship game, had to beat Henderson that morning, and all they did was break the tournament record in field goal percentage. Oh, that was insane. Insane. They just Abs- kept making shots. Yeah, they made 16 of 23, 17 of 23, excuse me. They shot 70, a tournament record 76% from the field. Unreal. And it wasn't all layups. No. Generally, when you do that, 
you're getting breakaway layups. If that's not what it was. No, they hit jump shots. They hit threes. Everything. They assisted 15 of 17 baskets. That's a Matt McMahon stat right there. 15 of 17 baskets had an assist. That's how you move the basketball, mm-hmm. and that's how they beat Henderson County and Sadie Worth, um, which, by the way, is a, also a phenomenal talent. So, you know, it's just one of those things where the, the, it was a special tournament, a special time. Um, yeah, Hallie Lane, they, they were all good. The whole ter- the whole team was good. I don't I can't think of the name, but if you have the box score handy, the Sacred Heart box score, the little is it the freshman or sophomore that they have that's so good? Oh my gosh, uh, amazing! Making one big shot, one one big shot after another. Oh, free throws! To, I cannot think of her name right off. Hold on, let's just go get it. Didn't didn't do, uh, but man, oh man, uh, I think she's a freshman, but might be a sophomore. But gonna have to deal with her for a couple more years. And that that is, that spells bad news for everyone else wanting to win championships. So I've, I've about got it. I'm almost there. We're doing it live. Yeah. Um, John Moore, Region Seven, District Twenty Seven. Let's see. Oh, you're talking about Trinity Ralston. Yeah, that's her. Mm-hmm. So her three point shooting this season actually wasn't that great, field, field goal percentage wise. She only made I think she went five for seventeen in the championship game. So I mean, credit to Marshall, but man, she just made big all, shots. She made big shots. Every big shot. She well, made. and Marshall was up forty-five, forty-two when Ralston put up a three that Sophie Galloway unfortunately fouled, and Sophie had to close on her that quick because she knew she was going to make it in the corner, and she made all three of her free throws, and that's where it kind of changed. I think for for Sacred Heart, they kind of were just like, okay, it's a tie game with like two minutes to go. An off, it was an offensive rebound putback mm-hmm. to take the lead to win it. Yeah. And then Marshall County couldn't get another clean look offensively. That's how tight that game was. They had good first shot defense, but the closeout rebound right. was the difference. And that believe, I believe that came from Alexandra Wolf, who was just their fourth leading scorer. Uh Josie Gilvin is the one that ended up getting tournament MVP. She had seven turnovers in the championship game. She also had, I believe, seven steals and seven blocks. Wow. That's how good Josie Gilvin was just in the championship game. Mm -hmm. If I'm not mistaken, she put up a quadruple nickel or came within a point, which, by the way, the nickel is my – I'm taking that. You need to trademark it. Yeah. Like, the triple nickel, if you can triple nickel, which Cameron Payne's doing a lot of triple nickeling for for, uh, the Phoenix Suns, but five points, five rebounds, five assists, when you're doing a little bit of everything, when you're like a five-for-five type deal – that you're you're a great basketball player. I know you'd love to see twenty points, ten rebounds, three assists, whatever. But when you're doing five, five, and five, and you're doing it at all these different levels, that's what Josie Gilvin did uh, in in the tournament in the in the KHWA Sweet Sixteen all throughout the tournament and deservedly won MVP. Um, I mentioned Cameron Payne because uh, he had fourteen, seven, and six the other night in a win against uh, Miami, and twice this season he has put up more than five five points, five rebounds, and five assists. So when you're a role player who can do all of those different types of things, I just think it's really cool. But, uh, yeah, that's how – I mean, Gilvin Gilvin was terrific. Uh, she, As a matter of fact, I think she had the block against Jada Driver uh, late when Jada went to go take that three to try and win the game. So terrific game, heart-stopping game that came down to the absolute final possession, and that's what you want in a championship between the two teams. Yeah. So last thing that we'll close with, and it's actually commencing as we're talking, because, man, we, we just this morning has just been an explosion of news. Uh, Murray State women's soccer 
swept the awards. My goodness, Neil, you've got a long list of awards as it is. They're currently in a battle with SEMO uh, here as Murray State University is hosting the 2021 OVC tournament at Cutchin Field right next to the Curris Center. And uh, Coach Ooh. of the Year, Matt Lodge. Yeah. Goes 9-1. and one. And Defensive Player of the Year, Izzy Heckman. They're losing right now, though, too. I, I've already missed the goal. Yeah. SEMO's good, man. What? How much time is left in the first half? 1949. Okay. So, yeah. Uh, I don't get it. Is that how much time is left in the first half or how much time has elapsed? I don't remember. I think that's how much time is left in the first half. Okay. Yeah. So there's there's about 20 minutes left in the first half. Um, so absolutely going to get over to Cutchin Field here for the second half. Well, then of they're that adding game. time to it then because now it's 20. That must be the other way around. Well, they're. So you had. That's soccer, man. No, that's confusing. Is it's not supposed to be that way. Now it's twenty thirty. They're adding time as we go. You're supposed to be play forever. You're supposed to run the soccer score the minutes down, but it's not. Well, I guess on the sports ticker, they're not running the time down. It's going up. So now there's twenty four minutes and thirty seconds left. Okay, so that's how much time has elapsed. But going back to Coach Matt Lodge, I believe. No, you're good. I'm glad you brought that up. I on a sports ticker, I would be running the the score the the time down for for soccer. That's how that works. You go from the forty-five to the zero, okay. But or or how much time is a lap? Whatever. But here's the reason why I guess they're not doing that. You do get goals at the you know ten-minute mark, twelve-minute mark. But if I'm watching it online, I want the time to go all the way down to zero, just like it does at Cutchin Field. Like it runs off. Okay. Oh well, maybe I maybe I do have that backwards. I have I don't know. I know you're not a soccer. Maybe fan. they'll get it right in the second quarter. That's Go. what I'm hoping. <laughs> you mean the second half? Yeah, that too. They don't play quarters in oh, soccer. Oh, that's right. Okay. Jeez, Neil. So going back, we have coach of the year, Matt Lodge went nine and one. Murray State women's soccer is uh considered in the RPI a top twenty team right now. I believe it's the highest uh RPI ranking in women's soccer history at Murray State. Jeez. Uh they were up to twenty two. I believe Harriet Withers senior year. Uh, I believe that's the year that they got paired up with Tennessee in the first round. Lost to Tennessee, a great Tennessee team, uh, two to zero at Knoxville. Uh, the Racers had a chance to score twice in that game and just couldn't get it done. So it was a really, really good game. Defensive Player of the Year Izzy Heckman, uh, who helped you know create three clean sheets for the team. Also had two assists and played on the back line. I feel like she's played everywhere for Lodge, uh, and, and even Jeremy Groves, uh, who helped recruit her. So it's just Heckman has been so good for this team for so long. And, again, she's played wing. Uh, she's even been – I think she's been listed as forward a couple of times. But this this year especially has been terrific on defense. And, um, you know, this is a women's soccer team that has a lot of talent all around it. You've got Chloe Barthouse, who uh, ended up leading the team in scoring. She's the next star. I'd say so. Seems to be. Yeah, and then I mean, Abby Jones didn't even make the team, and she's now the school or make first team or second team even. Uh, she played eight of ten games this year, and she's the school's leading assist, uh, you know, maker. I guess is how you a leading assist uh, in 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 school history and in, in career assists. I think she has twenty two. Uh, Rebecca Kubin didn't even make the team, and she's second on the team in scoring. Uh, the All OVC team. Uh, let's see, Jenna Villacris at goal ended up making it. Uh, Soraya Young, and you had the other name. 
and I've closed it out. Sorry about that. Oh, no, you're totally good. I thought I had it. For the the three freshmen, is that where you were? Yeah, yeah. The the, newcomer team. The newcomer, yeah. That would be, let's see, who did we say? Henry, Villacris, and Henry was the one. Yeah. Audrey Henry. Henry. Audrey Henry. Man. You and I were talking about this pre-show, Neil. They're loaded. You, you, that's what for I was going to say. Future. Yeah, for the future. We haven't even mentioned Lily Strader, who's been absolutely terrific for them from UHA. Sophomore that's been just an absolute star uh, in a scoring role uh, for for Murray State. It's just one of those situations where you keep thinking, well, the juniors and the seniors will move on and they got to grow again. No, they just keep getting it done. Uh, and the recruiting keeps getting it done, and that's part of the reason Matt Lodge is, is Coach of the Year. It's two Coaches of the Year for Murray State University in the in the same week. Yeah. Matt Lodge was named it earlier this week, and then Dean Hood this afternoon. That's that's amazing. It is amazing. It's unreal. So um, we went from not having any spring sports last year <laughs> to having a heck ton of spring sports uh, now in 2021. Yeah, we're we're I think uh, once the soccer season is completed, then we're back to normal, right? Because we have the two golfs left. Yes, baseball and softball, and right. that's what you usually play. Right. Okay. Um, speaking of spring sports, though, and a little bit of odd timing, uh, volleyball. I know Murray State volleyball did not make the final four, but the OVC has gotten a great representation uh, of volleyball. Looks like Moorhead State is going to have a tough second-round matchup with Florida after winning a five-setter against Creighton. Yeah, but the first win for an OVC team in the NCAA Volleyball Tournament since 2009. Mm-hmm. So that it's that's how difficult it is. Uh, but congratulations to Moorhead State. That's terrific. Good for the league. Yeah, not only that, I if I'm not mistaken, did I read this correctly, that that's Moorhead State's first set win? In tournament history, yes, yes. So they won the first set. They they were down one zero. Then they 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 equalized, made it one one, and then not only did they win their first set, but then won their first matchup against a, a pretty solid Creighton team. And then Florida, I know, is Florida. SEC volleyball has long been revered as as some of the best volleyball in the country. It's gonna be a tough matchup, but man, what a fun experience! Yeah, that that's got to be. Yeah, and I isn't Kentucky considered a National title contender this yes, year. Yes, absolutely. They're one of the best teams. In and the that's nation. a Kentucky team that Murray State Volleyball played a couple years ago that was a lot of these young pieces coming up right. to that point. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, you got to think about it from that perspective. Obviously, Murray State Volleyball will be kind of up and coming again next year. Uh, you'll have a senior senior in Becca Fernandez that will, you know, obviously lead the way uh, for them defensively. But you know, I think everybody knew that this was going to be a growing season for Murray State Volleyball, but it is extremely cool to see that the Ohio Valley Conference was that tough to begin with. When you can go in and beat a Creighton out of the Big East uh, and move on to the next round, I think that's really big for the Ohio Valley Conference. So really looking forward to some more Ohio Valley Conference news. Um, baseball and softball, again, you and I talked a lot about that last week. Still got eight weeks to go before there's any clarity there. Yeah, we'll focus a lot on them in coming weeks. There will be plenty to talk about. Yeah, there, I mean, there's so much more baseball and softball and both to play. contending for the championship. They're both, uh, neither are in first place, but they're in the, I think Murray's softball is the fifth now. Right. So they'll need to get back in the top four. Murray State baseball, I think they're still tied for second place heading into this weekend. Right, yeah, it's huge. So, yeah, absolutely crazy, crazy week uh, of Murray State 
and local athletics. All of this happened within, like I said, the last six days. And just uh, just another quick reminder, uh, we've got two scholarships left for Murray State men's basketball. Uh, so we'll see how those kind of shake out. What is women's basketball? Do they, do they have any? I actually, I need to text Rochelle. I actually don't think there's a scholarship available. I may be wrong, okay. though, because Lacey Hawthorne, if I'm not mistaken, is a graduate transfer, but that's a transfer. Right. That's a spot. She, she's, yeah, she's. That yeah. was that was a senior. Right. And then Mana Mensa, of course, transferred to Utah State as well. Right. So I, I feel like two or three other announcements have already come as well. Yeah. I'm just trying to do the math on it because women's basketball gets 15 scholarships. Is that right? I, you know, I think it is 15. Yes. It, if it's I'll, not 15, it's 14. I'll text her and ask her. All right. I'd have to think they probably only have one or two scholarships left. If I had to, if I had to guess, uh, but I could be wrong. Um, either way, we're going to get news from them fairly quick as well. So yeah. two for the men and at least one more uh, for Murray State women's basketball. Wow. It's crazy. It is. Well, Neil, I think I'm going to go watch the second half of soccer, see if there's another goal scored. There may be. There, there needs to be one more scored for sure. Yeah, because if Murray Otherwise, State wants to get good. back into it. Yeah. yeah. Well, Neil, I appreciate it. As always, uh, you can listen to us at anchor.fm backslash FTW Inquired. Appreciate it, Neil. All right. Thank you.